This is a song that was uh, I was with Prabhupada in Calcutta, and uh, we were on a morning walk with him, and uh, we the temple was in a rented building at that time, and a couple of the devotees had been scheming amongst themselves, unbeknownst to myself and probably many others. And um, so on the morning walk, one of them, I can't recall who, but asked Prabhupada, that Prabhupada, is it all right to offer arati to the guru? Which uh, has, shows you a little bit also about how, how little we knew and how we were at the time very dependent upon him for any foot forward hmm, with regard to how to proceed um, along the uh, course of bhakti. And it's it's, it's obvious from the question that we weren't doing that at the time. We had a form of Guru Puja that was performed in Los Angeles before that. I don't know about other temples, but uh, it consisted of gathering around his Vyasa song around six in the morning. This was after the Mongol Arctic. And again, as we would sing during the Mongol Arctic, we would sing the the uh, Gurvastakam prayers of Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Uh, sit down, few of us, because it was a time of the morning where cooking was going on and Japa was being chanted and other things. And so um, that was a form of the the, the Guru Puja, as it, uh, the shape that it took at the time. I remember on one occasion, Prabhupada corrected us because we were singing Vande Guru, Sri Chanananda Vrindam, Vande Guru, Vande Guru. And I said, it's not the cow that we, but it's the Guru. And so, But uh, we were mispronouncing the words. It sounded, uh, from my respects, to the lotus feet of a cow rather than the lotus feet of a guru. And, uh, of course, not that the, such mispronunciation rendered the uh, offering uh, in vain or, or useless. Bhujapadshita Marshi liked to say that we may say like this, because he noticed even at that time, which was many years later, our pronunciation wasn't always so good. Bengali and Sanskrit were not even second languages, but um, um, he would say that he may say like this, and then Krishna will say, I think you meant like this, right? So, Babagrahi Janardana, it's this famous statement that Krishna accepts the feeling of the offering. Um, that doesn't mean we should try to, shouldn't try to do the offering right, technically and so forth, and proceed um, from a technical point of view correctly, but Rag Bhakti in particular is is so full of love that you know, ultimately in its fullest expression that the technicalities are certainly um, second if in place at all from the point of view of Vaikuntha, the way in which the Brajabhasis are dealing with Krishna is technically wrong, <laughs> very wrong in many respects. So we don't take that as a license not to, uh, as they say, to um, if our heart is in the right place and we find out it's technically wrong, we want to do it 
technically right. Um, but at any rate, that was what how what the Guru Puja consisted of. So on this occasion, uh, somewhere in the early 70s, the, uh, one of the devotees asked, is it all right to offer Artik to the Guru Prabhupada? And Prabhupada, as I recall, he said, yes, it, is, it must, something like that, you know. And of course, he hadn't instituted it as if it was a must, and and and, um, and uh, we would chant our mantras every day in the system given by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And you know, Paribar was to chant the Ardiksha mantra along with the Brahma Gayatri and other Gayatris uh, at the times of the day, the, the Sandhyam, morning, dawn, noon, evening, um, as was the um, observance of the Brahmins chanting the Brahma Gayatri. It would be chanted at least three times a day. And um, and apparently Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur seemed to tie the two together as well with his concluding verse of Shikshastakam where he says, um, yasya prasadat bhagavat prasadu yasya prasadat nakati kutupi dhyayam stuvam dhyayam stuvam stasya yasya tritsandhyam so I shall meditate dhyan on my guru offer my respects to him three, three times trisandhyam during the three sandhyams so maybe Saraswati Thakur picked up and combined this kind of brahminical uh, procedure with the chanting of the Diksha Mantras of the, of the Godis that include, as given by him, the Guru um, Gayatri, Guru Mantra. Apparently he wasn't giving that initially, though. There's a story in this connection of how... Um, who what was his previous name? I don't recall, but... Keshav Marsh, Bhakti Pragyan Keshav Marsh, was uh, a... Uh, believe a brahmachari member of the mission and when he received the diksha from Saraswati Thakur he was a little disappointed that there was no guru mantra and guru gayatri given because we give a Krishna mantra, Krishna gayatri, Gaur mantra, Gaur gayatri like this and it may be different in different lineages also how that is um, um, the, the diksha mantra is What's included there? There are various variation. The main mantra is the Gopal mantra and the Kam Gayatri or the Krishna Gayatri, as it's sometimes called. That um, corresponds with the with the yeah, with the Gopal mantra or Krishna mantra. But at any rate, um, this is the story anyway. That um, and he was a little disappointed, and so Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur then gave him the Guru mantra and Guru Gayatri and began to give it to the other disciples as well that they could three times a day the three sittings they could remember and uh, prayerfully their Guru Dave mm-hmm. so to have an Artik and all this is all it's part of the same principle and where does it stop and where does it end well as far as the glorification goes there need be no end when the the, the, the idea came in mind of some of Prabhupada's students to build a palace for him as a form of glorification of him. Um, some students had some objection to that. Um, they wanted money to be spent on book printing 
rather than temple building, which was an emphasis of, of Prabhupada. Hmm. Um, surely, after a big arrangement was made in the Los Angeles temple to move the temple from where it was into the auditorium that was part of the, the complex there, um, and that with an idea to, to make a museum, a theistic museum, in the old temple room, a lot of money was spent on the temple, renovation and so forth. And when Prabhupada came and saw it for the first time, he said, and my groomer said, if you get money, you print books. And he didn't seem that enthusiastic about the development, so he could go in either way. And so for some disciples to feel that way, that money should be spent for book publishing rather than temple building, was not um, something that they hadn't gathered from him. But um, this one group there wanted to glorify him in that way and and Prabhupada appreciated the heartfeltness of it and said there's no limit to how you can worship the Guru. Hmm? And so it went on and they constructed a, a temple. And it's true that there's no limit um, in terms of how much one can give one's heart and how that might manifest externally. Hmm? But there is the same time, a limit that in that the glorification must fall within the parameters of what bhakti constitutes, what is the siddhanta. And so there is a possibility of over-glorification. For example, if we say our guru is so good, he's, he's better than Krishna. You know, he's, he's, uh, um, that might be also true from another point of view. It might possible to like the devotee more than Krishna even. That's a very special thing. Bahulasa, as Rupa Goswami refers to it, but um, it's not exactly what I was referring to. And and there was an occasion in which some of Prabhupada's disciples decided that Prabhupada was guru and was God and that we were all God and wasn't much appreciated because obviously it went outside of the parameters of of the Siddhanta. Hmm? Um, so, and also, you know, there are the other relative considerations which also uh, speak to us of limits. Whether the glorification will be well received hmm? um, in the eyes of the public to whom you're trying to um, present the dignity and depth of Gaudiya Vaishnavism and so forth so in the preaching field. Maybe different considerations. Um, yeah, for, you know, Prabhupada may land or whomever in the airport, and everyone could just lay out flat on the floor. Of course, you couldn't do that now. They'd probably be a bomb scare or something, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but um, there's other ways of offering respects. Also, you can stand up to to offer respects to a respectable person, as well as you can lie down and so on and so forth. So little intelligence and some limitations with regard to the circumstance and the time and so forth. Uh, but in an overarching sense, limit, limitations with regard to staying within the parameters of the Siddhanta. If, for example, we glorify our guru by saying, Amar guru, jagat guru, my guru, Amar guru is the best guru, we have to be careful that inadvertently or unconsciously perhaps we're putting more emphasis on the word Amar than on a Guru. Mm-hmm. 
my guru is the best guru, my guru, and therefore I am the best. And sometimes we hear words like this, and they translate out into even uh, guru aparad when in the name of my guru is the best, somebody else's guru is dismissed, and even I've seen it in, in instances where that other guru may have been an intimate associate of Prabhupada who didn't call him Prabhupada hmm? because he's a multifaceted person and that he had different relationships like we do with different people who see us from different angles and so on. And he would obviously, as we do, reciprocate with them accordingly. And he, a very deeply multifaceted person, as a sadhu, as a saint, and so forth, had different um, relationships, and to make to, to for someone of his some of his disciples, for example, to want everybody else to fit in to the same perspective of their of their own on their object of worship, and um, and think that others who saw him slightly differently. And, and had nonetheless a deep appreciation and so forth were somehow offensive. These kind of things are problematic and they have shown their um, ugly face at times in the name of unlimited glorification of Prabhupada. When, when uh, Prabhupada said, yes, yes you can, you, you should, it must be done to offer to the Guru. Of course, Artik, the disciples had in mind that they wanted to do that, so Immediately a message was, talking back to the morning walk in Calcutta, immediately a message was sent back to the temple and an Arctic play was arranged and so forth. And so when we got back to the temple and Prabhupada took the darshan of the deities as he would and went and sat on his asana to give the class, Arctic was started and Machutanandamur sang this song. And then it was like, although we didn't have internet, somehow it was wired all over the world and every temple began doing this every single day. And probably in his temples, it's still a, uh, a feature that's and it's probably thought if you don't do it, you know, it's, it, you can't go back to God or something like that. Um, you know, the story of the cat and the guru who used to teach from the Bhagavad Gita. He was teaching the Gita and the morning a cat came and began to cry and so he was crying loudly and we couldn't really conduct the class and so the guru said give the cat some milk so he went to the goshala and got some milk gave the cat some milk the cat was quiet the Gita was recited the next day the cat came again at the Gita time and began to cry so guru just nodded and someone brought the milk and cat kept coming every day so every day before the Gita class there was milk for the cat went on for a long time. Some disciples uh, came and passed. The guru came and passed. The successor guru came. Cat died. <laughs> its kitten came. <laughs> and it, and the milk was offered. So, no, the cat, no, cat died. And then cat has nine lives, so he outlived everybody. But, the, but the, the Gita class was going on, and the cat died. And the cat didn't show up one morning because the cat had died. So the disciples said, what to do? Hmm? There's no cat and no offering of milk to the cat before the Gita, so we can't recite the Gita without first offering milk to the cat. So they went out and found another cat and then everything was all right. So we have to understand details and principles and we have to understand um, 
Well, this is an, an, an example. Yes, you can worship the Guru unlimited. Yes, it must be done. We weren't doing it previously, but there was no, no fault. And so uh, the spirit of it, yes, the Guru must be honored. Uh, and this is a way in which he or she could be honored. And I probably wasn't intending that, yes, and, when, and I expect when I get back there, there'll be an arty for me or something. It wasn't even on his mind. So um, he did it, and it went everywhere, and he was accepted and appreciated. And many years later, um, when Prabhupada left the world, some um, of his disciples tried to succeed him in the capacity of the guru. And so how the, how their disciples would worship them, and, you know, the temple's only so big, and... You need another seat, another artique, and you have to do everything exactly the same. And and so there was some confusion about that. It was addressed, Puja Patridamarsh was addressed, who um, had been uh, singled out by Prabhupada as someone we could speak to in terms of philosophy in his absence. And so this is one of the many things that was brought up to him, and, and how to, you know, you have to do this arctic every day for the guru, and we do it for Prabhupada. And then now there's other gurus, and everybody's not his dis- disciple, and and we do two gur- arctic, we do them separate. About it. And he said, like, every day? And then he said, Swami Maharaj was doing every day. And he said, yes. He said, oh, uh-huh. Because that wasn't done in Gaudiamat. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur had a guru puja once a year, a formal type of ceremony like this. And so he said, and and what was the result that Swami was having every day? He said, it seemed a little excessive, but did the, was everyone enthused by that? So oh, we were very enthused. Said, oh, that's very good, very good. And then he made some suggestions how to deal dynamically with the situation at hand that was being questioned about. Hmm? So um, at any rate, this is where this song entered into the lives of Prabhupada's disciples. Um, I thought it tell the story in the context of singing it. And this is the Tirubhav of Prabhupada, his disappearance day. So we we honor it as a time for remembering him and um, and that's going on on many many cities around the globe today. It's often um, a time of considerable sentimental outpouring hmm? um, and um, and thoughts of unification and, and so on and so forth uh, the likes of which uh, was experienced by his disciples in his presence he had a unifying presence and uh, kept persons of very different uh, temperaments, dispositions, and backgrounds who probably wouldn't have been in the same room with one another um, together, um, living amongst ourselves. He once said, that is your austerity, and you have to tolerate one another for the sake of a unified ideal. And um, so there's much to be said for that. Um, again, he was a... a uh, a uh, unifier, at least amongst us, um, and um, and so there's often talk about that in on this day.
But we have to be mindful, of course, of what it is we're to be unified for. Yes, for the glorification of Guru Prabhupada, our Param Guru, he's now a Purvacharya, he is now a previous Acharya. And um, that just happens to be a fact. Um, unfortunately, the glorification and the sentiment that's palpable on days like this is un- also at times such that it stretches out and beyond uh, beyond the parameters or doesn't fall within the parameters of what the Siddhanta is. And so this is another example. I once referred to Prabhupada as a Purvacharyan and I was called a, an Aparadi because he's present now amongst us and so forth was the idea um, that person tried to put forward. We certainly want uh, such great persons as Prabhupada in the case of some of the series our guru, some of the Param guru and so forth present in our lives, but there is a way in which the Purvacharyas, the previous Acharyas, are present. And there's a way in which the present Acharyas are present, and they're they're slightly different. These are nuances that are important to understand. Otherwise we just make a kitri rather than a refined meal with different tastes and considerations and so forth. Certainly a previous Acharya can be present in some respects, but but not in all respects, and if that were the case, there would be no, no, no need for the Guru Parampara, which is the extension of the life of the tradition um, in terms of speaking about it and personifying it in consideration of the time and circumstance, which are changing daily. Um, and... Um, and uh, New currents of thought come and so on and so forth. They need to be commented on. What was a detail from the past established um, by the previous Acharya in his time that was useful, like singing this song at 7.10, 7.09 every morning, <laughs> you know, before the class. Um, a beautiful thing and... and, and um, should be continued and so forth, but it's a detail. It could be done in another way. We did it, this is my point, we did it in a different way. It wasn't a problem. Um, and um, it's a principle. The guru should be honored and and we should have uh, the facility to, sh- to, to, the disciples should have the facility to fully, all the disciples to sh- express their faith and affections and so forth without it being checked. Hmm? Radharani cannot show her full affections to Krishna in the presence of Balaram because he's the older brother. And so he stays out of the way that, that, that Krishna, that Radharani can show full affections for Krishna. So um, the older brother, if you will, or the uncle, sometimes has to get out of the way that the disciple can show full affections for the guru. Not that the older brother will stay... Uh, present and try to keep the, his his father present in a way that that the uh, that the that the cousin can't can't show full affection to his father who is the uncle's brother or something like that. I heard we're, we're talking about songs and glorification of the guru. 
um, it's not just about Prabhupada, right? Mm-hmm. The principle is not just uh, Prabhupada. Can we offer arti to you, and nobody else can possibly, you know, be worthy of such an honor or something like that? I've heard that the that this song of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, the Guru Bhastakam, in some quarters, it's been it's been poorly reasoned that it should only be chanted for Prabhupada, not for any other other guru. So. Just a Prabhupada song. A Prabhupada song, something. So this is the wrong idea. This is where the glorification is, is goes outside of the parameters of the teaching of the Siddhanta. <clears throat> and it's a beautiful thing. This kind of difference in etiquette and so forth and so on. I'm giving a nice example. I think it's a beautiful example of Baladev stepping out of the way. He's a guru figure, an older brother of Krishna. Radharani will respond in a certain way in his presence. He steps out of the way. He's not there for the rasa dance. All wrong. But he, he he likes what's going on. How do we know that? We know in the form of Nityananda Prabhu, he's going out of his way to make put emphasis on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's Radha and Krishna, who's all about that. Uh, experiencing Radha having the, oppor- the, the full... the full. It's all about the full experience, uninhibited experience of, of Radha's love. So... <clears throat> Uh, so there should be a, a place for that, and uh, uh, to, to show full affections, and it should be encouraged. It's a beautiful, um, beautiful thing. Um, so at any rate, uh, so um, unity, if you will, it's as I say often pined for and spoken of on on this day and different temples of uh, Prabhupada's students and grandstudents and whatnot is a good idea, but it has to be kept in mind. Unity for what? And what is it about? And to locate our guru in time and place and so forth is not to limit him, but it's part of the beauty of, of glorifying him accurately. Hmm? So he has a time when he's the present Acharya. He has a time when he's a Purva Acharya. There's a way in which the previous acharyas can be present and a way in which they cannot, or a way in which they are not, we may say, of their own choice. And by their own choice and arrangement, someone else amongst their followers will take that position of the present acharya and do the needful, and nothing could be more pleasing to the poor acharya than that. Hmm? That is a mission accomplished. Something like that. Hmm? And we want it to be fully accomplished and complete and and and, and, and so forth. Um, so fellow took offense when I referred to Prabhupada as a Purvacharya. He wanted to say he's a Siksha Guru and and he had confused details with principles that he thought needed to be always in place, and and I've given one example. And some people may think, if you don't chant at 7.09, this song at this time, you're not really following Prabhupada, and that kind of sentiment can be loudly spoken and so forth, and and in a bullying way almost. Um, and uh, it really uh, doesn't, it sounds on its face like a glorification, but it's actually... Unbecoming, hmm? unbecoming. 
Uh, you know, words are external, and 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 then there's meaning to the words. So in this case, the words sound good, but the understanding behind them is is problematic. It sounds good. You're glorifying Prabhupada, yeah, Prabhupada, in some way, but the, but but the understanding behind it is is, is lacking. And it's important to understand, uh, in this, as I'm saying also, the the the, the, the vani the, of the vapu, or the vani of the vani, I should say. You know, the, there's the vani and the vapu. Vapu means like the personal, like let's say, for example, the person of the guru, and then there's the vani, the instructions of the guru. So what's more important, the person of the guru or the instructions of the guru? Hmm. Um. And Pujapachinamash um, once commented, what's more important, the breath or the nose? So the breath is more important. You know, of course, you need a nose to have the breath, so they're indispensable. You know, you can't have the form without the instruction. I guess you could once the form of the guru becomes unmanifest and the instruction remains. Hmm? So it's another way of saying, well... Um, the instruction or the bani, the words are more important. Um, we can serve the person of the guru and be close, but not closely adhering to the teaching and not be close at all. And we can be at a distance in terms of the teaching and be very close to him. I had the good experience, more than one occasion, but an occasion I've spoken on before that was very powerful experience for me in this regard was uh, how on one occasion Prabhupada came to Los Angeles as he would and and I was distributing books in the airport and it was illegal at the time and Friday was the busiest day so I stayed out longer and Prabhupada was arriving on that day on Friday and so he arrived in the afternoon and really got busy like 3, 4, 5 o'clock, something like that he arrived at like 2, 2.30 and so there I was in my disguise is a secular person walking around with a briefcase, a suitcase with books in it. And um, I quickly went, you know, and I, I knew when he was coming. I changed my clothes into my devotional attire and met him, greeted him amongst other devotees at the airport. And then I, we escorted him to the street, to the car, and there was a big kirtan. It was loud in those days. And um, then there was this big dilemma, of course, in my mind. Everyone was rushing to their own vehicles to get back to the temple, at least right behind Prabhupada, not before him, to, to greet him on that side. Mm-hmm. You know, and carry on with him coming into the temple and, and the festivities and so forth, and hearing him speak and whatnot. And um, I had so to think, should I do that? Or, you know, it's Friday afternoon, I could sell a lot of books here, and, and the, the Prabhupada wanted me to, to distribute his books, so I, I, I thought better I serve and take advantage of the opportunity to serve. So I continued to sell the books that day. And with every book I was selling, I was so much feeling Prophet's presence. It was very overwhelming. And then I came back and had to get on the 405 and get off at Culver. What is that? Venice Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Venice Boulevard. And there's a whole series. You know, it must be a couple miles from the forest. I think it was the 405. And um, I was driving and all the lights were turning green. You know. <laughs> It's green, 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 green. <laughs> and then I got back to the temple, and then a couple of devotees came and said, Oh, Dr. 
Prabhupada's been talking about you this afternoon. Where are you? We told you you're out selling the books. And so, so I felt that, that, uh, that uh, I had done the right thing. That I, that I wasn't present personally, but he was asking about me and pleased to hear where I was and, and so on and so forth. And that, during that visit, he was very, as usual, very kind to me. So, um, so as the instructions, you know, here I took it like this, well, his instruction for me was to sell the books, and this is a real opportunity to do that, I should take advantage of it. Um, it could have been, been interpreted otherwise. I mean, uh, once we were sitting, once we was, Ramaswar and I were friends, and we still are, but uh, we were close, closely um, serving together in those days, and, and on Saturdays in the morning, we would arrange for all of the householders to go out on book distribution in Los Angeles. We would arrange what car they would go in and where they would go, and we would pack the books and pack a lunch and everything like that. We would do this all before the class and go to the class, take breakfast, and there would be posted you know, a list. He was a big organizer, so um, I really kind of just assisted him in the organization of everything. And, uh, and then all the householders would go out, and then I would go out after... After helping them get out on book distribution, it was the you know the Maha Sankirtan day where everybody in the community would go out holding their kids in their arms and you know flagging people down with back to Godhead magazine and stuff. So um, this occasion, Prabhupada was present, and there he and I were there. And we were trying to get everything done, and we weren't done. There were some whatever it was taking longer, and and then and Prabhupada had come into the temple. And we weren't there. And then he had, you know, come and sat on the Vyasasan. And the speakers were playing in the book room. And then Prabhupada started chanting, Jai Radha Madhava, Jai Radha. And, and we heard that. We looked at one another. We said, forget this. We're not missing this. You know, we got one there. Forget it. So we, it was an instance of the opposite. You know, we, we could have said, we'll stay here, get everything ready. You know, we just forget it. You know, we were just, it was a very... That was very compelling. Mm-hmm. The Prabhupada chanting Jai Radhamadava. And he was very, uh, sometimes he would fall into trance when, when chanting on the Vyasasan. And uh, it was very powerful to hear it coming over the microphone. You know, you're not, he's not there every day of the year and so forth. So, so we were very uh, uh, conscious to take advantage of his personal association. But we were also taught very much um, not to um, almost to a fault, not to abuse his association and try to enjoy the spiritual master, to serve him, almost to a fault. Um, um, so there's balance to, to find to find there. I was fortunate, I think, to be able to find that balance. But um, I'm speaking about this to make a in the context of making another point, which is. Which is more important, the vapu or the vani? We can say the vani, the instruction, is more important than the personal association in 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 general. If you can't, if you're if you're, of course, if you're able to take advantage of the instruction, then you can take advantage of the personal instruct of the personal association in a way that you couldn't otherwise. Uh, the story of Pujapatridamar that I've told is 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 telling in this regard. Because he was first selected to go to to uh, London, mm-hmm. Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta said, "I knew he could never be converted." And so, when it was proposed that Sridharmarsh would go as the emissary to London, Pujapat Sridharmarsh offered 
the um, to Bhaktisiddhanta Swasti Thakur that if it's your order, certainly I will go. But um, I feel that amongst us there are others who can speak English better than me, and they would be better suited, you know, for the job. And also, he said, my nature is very introverted, not to mix with the larger, broader section of the public. And there are others who have the temperament of mixing more with the, with the, with the public. They may be better suited. And thirdly, I'm thinking that your time here is, is going to be limited in terms of your personal presence. And I think that I could take advantage of it while you're here. And so my preference would be to stay in, in your personal association. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur heard that. And the third thing he said that was very charming to him. So he picked someone else to go. Hmm. So if you can take advantage of the personal association because you have actually imbibed the instruction, then you can also make the argument that, that this, the, you know, which is one or the other, it's equal and and so on and so forth. So, at any rate, my point that I'm leading to is, is, is something else, and that is, which is more important, the Vani or the Vapu? And while we may emphasize the Vani, there's also the Vapu of the Vani, and there's the Vani of the Vani. That means the words, the instructions, have an outer shape. Hmm? And then they have their meaning also, their spirit. There's the letter of the law, and then there's the spirit of the law, right? So, the vani means the instruction, the vapu means the personal association. Here, the vapu means the words, and the vani means the spirit of the words. So, it is possible that we can even repeat the words of our guru, and very accurately, in terms of the uh, the statement itself. But 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 in our understanding may be divorced from the meaning. Hmm? And then, in the name of glorifying him or saying how to follow him by way of citing his instructions or what following him constitutes, uh, even though we're citing his instructions, it, we, we may be doing a great disservice because our glorification or our instruction on how to serve him is not within the boundaries, within the confines of what constitutes the Siddhanta. So this is very important. Hmm? And when we speak of unity and pine for that and so forth, unity for what and, 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 and how will that unity come about? The unity will come about not by any lesser arrangement than by Krishna consciousness itself. There is no other arrangement by which we can artificially create some unity, get together and and praise and and so on and so forth. You, we have to go within. Unity is for what? For for traversing the inner landscape. We have to move from being a barabahi to a use Bhaktivinotakras term a saragrahi Vaishnava, from being a Kanishta Adhikari to being a Madhyamadhikari. Hmm? Hmm. There is no amongst Kanishta Adhikaris there will not be unity. There may be an appearance of unity. And amongst Madhyamadakaris, there will be unity even when there may be an appearance of disunity. Madhyamadakaris have to discriminate and think this association is good, this association is bad, I'll avoid here, and so on and so forth, and, and take advantage here, and 
Um, and such a person, such a devotee may be able to find the presence of his or her guru in another in another person and take advantage of that. The guru teaches, after all, I'm not the body. So, yes, he's disappeared, and yes, he's present. In what way will he be present? Someone to argue that he hasn't disappeared, he's present on the days of his disappearance in an artificial way to keep him present and argue of what it means to follow him. And the bigger question should be on the day of his disappearance when it's celebrated is, have you ever seen him at all? Hmm? Have you seen him at all? Hmm? What is the guru? Hmm? Who is Prabhupada? Hmm? What is his inner life? What is it that makes him go around? What is it that the whole mission spawned out of, hmm? or arose out of? What, what, what is his inner experience? What was his negotiation with Krishna, for example, on the Jaladutta? Hmm? When he asked for the power to do what he did. Hmm? What he did was something that it's, it's some, most people couldn't even dream of. Hmm? I don't mean to, to uh, put anyone else down, but but Bhaktivinoda could dream of it. <laughs> Most people couldn't dream of it, but Bhaktivinoda dreamed of it. So, if we can't dream of what Bhaktivinoda can dream of, we're not that bad. I mean, that's pretty... He was a big dreamer. And dreaming is important. It's at least 50% of your life. You have to dream. You have to dream. Half of it will come true if you're lucky. But dream. Do what you think. What would I, what would I do if I could do whatever I want? Hmm? Hopefully you have spiritual advice to factor into that and do it. So he did what many could not dream of. Bhaktivinoda dreamed of it. Big thing. To fulfill in his time the prophecy of Mahaprabhu that his name would be heard in every town and village, for example. And Vaishnavism would take hold outside of India and foreign shores. The people from all over the world would come in, um, in Mayapur and chant, Jai Satchinandan, Jai Satchinandan, Jai Satchinandan. Hmm? And, and Prabhupada lived in the dream of Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? He lived in the dream of it. Shudra Maharaj used to say the conception came in Bhakti's, Bhakti, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, the dream. And some shape was given to it by Bhakti Siddhanta and Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada took it all over the world. Hmm. And I thought, and you, Pujapatrita Marsha, are saving it from from whatever. Imploding, <laughs> yeah. Imploding with your by factoring in some Siddhanta hmm, to around which the glorification can constitute an ornament without which it becomes a, 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 a dosha, a fault rather than a bhushana. Hmm? Without the siddhanta, I mean, unity, he used to say, for what? Unity for what? Nazi Germany was unified also. So unity for what? Hmm? What is Krishna consciousness? And that's what he would often ask. So 
what is Krishna consciousness? You know, you see where that where we were at. I'm talking about Pujapatrita Marsha. Uh-huh, that's how you're thinking. And then he would think how to try to help us get a better grip on it and so forth. Very generously, very kindly, very affectionately. And very expertly as well. So again, this theme keeps coming up in this just kind of stream of consciousness here to talk that, the, if you will, that the, uh, the glorification is beautiful as the diversity beautiful as long as it's um, ornamenting a singular teaching, singular siddhanta. Philosophy is one, the ways to apply it, the ways in which it's experienced in terms of different bhavas, for example, are many. Hmm? Uh, so, you know, you, you, we're all living in the dream of Bhaktivinoda. <laughs> And, uh, and Prabhupada was a big player in the, in, in, in the dream of Bhaktivinoda. He referred to his mission as, as, the, as this, the mission of Bhaktivinoda. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sashtitakura advised his disciples when they asked, having been asked themselves in the public, oh, you're a Gautya Vaishnava, which Paribhara are you a member of? And they didn't know. So they went to Bhaktisiddhanta and he said, you tell them Bhaktivinoda Paribhara. Everyone would think Nityananda Paribhara. The Paribhara means like family or lineage, stemming from one of the eternal associates of Mahaprabhu, Tinanda, Gadadhar, Shiva, Sadvaita, the Goswamis, and so forth. And so Bhakti Siddhanta considered Bhakti Vinod like uh, the seventh Goswami, and as the Shamananda Paribar is a Paribar that's tied to him, and he was not one of the immediate associates, uh, or Narutam Thakur, Narutam Paribar, he was not one of the immediate associates of Mahaprabhu. But he did something extraordinary, and Shamananda, something extraordinary happened in his life. So you could say, Bhaktivedanta, Bhaktivinoda Paribhara. Some people wanted to say that Prabhupada was, the, was like the, some kind of founder Acharya idea, as if, it, you know, which he was, of his own mission. And, and many other, Sridharmarsh called himself the founder Acharya of Tritya Saraswati Math, Keshavarsh called himself the founder Acharya of. of um, Gaudiya Vedanta Samiti, because Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta called himself the founder of Charya of Gaudiya Math and all of its branches and so forth, so they, they followed suit. And some people kind of wanted to make him like the Ram, Prabhupada, like the Ramanuja of like the Ramanuja of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. Never mind that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was already the Ramanuja of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, the founder who gave the teaching to Rupa and Sanatan and Shijiba Goswami the doctrine of the Chintiveda Veda and so forth, it, it comes from him, as Vishishtadvaita comes from Ramanuja. So it, you know, Prabhupada's position is great, but he's not that. So if you call him something that he wasn't, and glorification is something they didn't do, it's unbecoming, right? Hmm? So, But he did wonderful things, uh, extraordinary things. He did what many Vaishnavas could not dream of, but a big Vaishnava like Bhakti Vinod dreamt of it, and he fulfilled the dream in many respects. A huge accomplishment. And how did he do it? How did he do it? Some people said, well, he was a good businessman. You know, he had a chemistry business, and so he knew about business, so he could go to America and do business and be successful. I've heard this from some people. I found it very un- unappealing and offensive. But I've heard a similar thing, even from his disciples. That he was a good manager. They don't say it like that, but the, 
he set up a management board. This was his genius. He set up a management board. Hmm? Like came right out of Goloka or something. Like like Bhakti Siddhanta had this idea of a management board and Prabhupada was able to fulfill this. This was just this is just a management thing. Therefore Prabhupada said, GBC, XYZ, you know. Just, he disbanded a couple of at least once, right? And once he disbanded it all together and once he said it, A B C G B C and X Y Z and uh, hmm. I first met the G B C this is uh, you know the G B C I considered it like the Wizard of Oz. Uh, I didn't know what it was about, but I'd heard about him, and uh, I was um, I had been sent to Australia in 1973, December of 19. You don't mind telling this like personal story. Um, in, in in December of 1973 to Australia, I was a brahmachari to inspire the devotees to distribute books, and then I was invited from there in 1974 beginning of 1974 for the first kind of big official Mayapur festival. And um, <laughs> what was the point? And Yeah, so, so right, when I went to Australia, then I came to Mayapur afterwards, and while I was in, my, while I was in Australia, the leading devotee in Los Angeles, um, his name was Karandar, I guess we'll get personal here a little bit, he had left the mission. It was a shock to me because he was this real stalwart kind of guy and, and probably would spend a lot of time with him when he would come to Los Angeles and, and so forth. And um, so I thought, well, hmm, it happens. Anyway, I'm going forward here. And uh, when I got to Los Angeles, or got to Mayapur, then I had this idea of how I could organize some book distribution in different ways. And so when I shared it with Ramaswar, uh, he really liked the idea. And, um, and, and uh, Yashoda Nanda and Swami and Guru Kripa Swami, they were there living in this little hut, and they let me stay in the hut with them. They had been to America um, just prior to my going to Australia, and then they and they were um, collecting money there, and and disrupting kind of the temples, book distribution and so forth. So they were a problem. So um, they wanted me to give them the names of all the leading book distributors, and then they wanted to canvass them during the festival, get them to join their party. Hmm. And I was concerned about that. I thought oh, they're book distributors, and so, and so I I somehow convinced them to go to Japan. I convinced Guru Kripa Marsha and he said, I'm going to go to Japan because Banu Swami, not Banu Swami, Gopal Swami was there and he was in Japan and he said, you know, Japan, you just go hmm, like this and people give you money. I said, why don't you guys go there? You know, and I said, so they got the idea and they went. And so they caused havoc over there. That's another thing. But, but um, anyway, that's, uh, that was my beginning of like starting like organized myself a little bit something about book distribution and so Ramaswar liked my idea and it involved going to different temples and and uh, airports and, and so forth and 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 training up um, some some men and women and uh, and 
uh, Prabhupada told me, he said, you know, you go all year and preach and, and then come and spend one month with me in Mayapur and Vrindavan every year. And so there I was, and I was kind of like under Prabhupada now. And Karandar had left, and I wasn't like thinking of it in a calculated way, but I just had been invited to Mayapur, and I was speaking with Prabhupada, and there it was. So I, my idea seemed good, and Ramas were like it, so I just did it. And so I would fly around the different airports and send all my money to Ramaswar, who would give it to the book fund. And devotees came and joined me for book distribution. The first group came, Ganapati Swami is now Swami, and uh, a devotee was named Miri um, um, Jadava from Canada. These were all Canadians. And the other one, what is his name? Kashiram was, was his name. He has a different name now. They came and stayed with me. And the idea was they would come and stay for a month and then they would go back to their temples trained up and then three people from other temples would come and I would teach them and so forth. So the end of the month started to come around and they um, they um, they started to do things that were I was surprised by. Um, it was... They had, they had, we used to send all our money to the book fund, so they took out some money and they bought a new plate for the deities. And Ganapati Marsh, he was the accountant. I didn't know how to do accounting, he was the accountant. So he spent the money. And, I, and, they, and so he showed me that you know, we, had, we didn't send all the money to the book fund, we had um, spent some money to buy a plate for the deities. And I said, well, how could you do that? How could you buy that? You know, I mean, it's not a bad thing to buy a plate for the deities, but our mission is you know, to send all the money to the book fund and so forth. And then and, and, and so I was a little upset with them. <laughs> and then they, they said, well, the reason we did it is because we wanted to give the deities a new plate so we could give you the deities plate. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, but I was so touched by it. It was like just natural affection. They felt like, uh, I didn't figure I was just one of them, you know, but they... They felt like I was their leader and they wanted to do something for a gift to another Vaishnav. Mm-hmm. So I was so embarrassed that I was upset with them and they, what they had had in mind. And, so, and then they said, and we were thinking, you know, that this, the, or the way you've organized this party is such that three, you know, three of us are supposed to go back and now three of the devotees are supposed to come, but we think there should be at least three devotees who are your permanent members of your party. <laughs> and then three more can come and we can train them and send them back. And, so we had a party like this, and gradually more people came, and they all wanted to stay, and so, so on. So it was nice. It was it was it was nice and very heartfelt. And we were working very hard. And so in nineteen, the next year, we came to Mayapur, and and uh, the G, this was nineteen seventy five, and then the GBC wanted to see me, and I mean the GBC was just like three letters. You know, I knew there were these guys. They managed. I, I had nothing against him, but. It wasn't like this, you know, overarching thing that uh, it is. It is now um, in his mission there. But um, anyway, they wanted to see me, so they brought me in and to interrogate me. And basically, the and the interrogation was, what, who, who is your GBC? And I said, I thought, I thought, hmm. I said, I don't know. It was Karunder, but he blooped. <laughs> <laughs> that was I just got you know I could see oh they're I wasn't dumb I was a little naive but I wasn't dumb either oh I see these guys are fighting amongst one another who's going to get me in their zone 
and then they'll regulate me, and they'll have all the money that I collect to do what they want with. And so I'm just kind of watching the whole thing. And so that was like pretty embarrassing to them. Well, GBC was Corunder, and he blooped. So, and they said, "Well, you got to have a GBC." I said, "Okay, you know." And then, and then they asked me to pick one, hmm? so I could. So, so I, I picked one, and they were shocked by who I picked because I picked Jay Tirthin. He was a householder, hmm? and I'd known him from Los Angeles. And all these Sanyasis were thinking they'd get me in their, you know, team and so forth. And so Jay Tirthin was quite flattered as well. Um, Anyway, then they went to Prabhupada, as they would. They would meet for three days. Then all the resolutions that they had passed, they would run by Prabhupada and they would say, yes, no, edit this, and so forth. So then they said, uh, and three of them came and told me this, Satsarup, Rupanuga, and Jatir, so they came and told me this. Uh, they were all house owners at the time. Afterwards is how I know what happened, because I wasn't there when Prabhupada said it. That they said that uh, we had told Prabhupada that that you needed a GBC, and we brought your name up, and Prabhupada said, what has he done? Before they could, you know, get out. And they said, well, Prabhupada, he doesn't have a GBC, and Prabhupada said, he's, he's distributing my books, he doesn't need a GBC. The idea being that GBC is to manage in such a way that people spontaneously do things, and they don't need to be managed. You want to manage something that's already, you know, going on, and it's going on nicely, and... And what are the parameters of your management is basically what he was saying. And so they all kind of like backed off, so to speak, and and, um, and then they came and told me that. Uh, he doesn't need a GBC. He's, he's, he's distributing my books. And so then I said, anyway, I don't mind. I can have a GBC. It's not a problem. And then it was arranged somehow. South Roop was my GBC. But it was kind of meaningless because I would just, you know, had my ideas and I was doing them and they were good and and so I didn't have a GVC and I never had one after so laws are meant to be broken um, I don't know how we got on that but uh, but um, but yeah I was saying that that it's not wasn't like it wasn't like the God's gift to earth you know a management scheme was the reason that Prabhupada was successful. And sometimes I hear shades of that, and it reminds me of these offensive people who would say, well, Prabhupada, from outside of his mission, you know, he was a Swami Marsh was a businessman, so he could be successful. And sometimes I hear this emphasis on this management principle as if that's, it had nothing to do with that. You know, you get better, closer to it on the board, the Jaladuta, where he's writing a poem, Oh, my dear brother, friend, Krishna. Hmm? Uh, it's an irrevocable fact that your life will be considered successful if Radharani is pleased with you. And my Guru Maharaj uh, is representative of Radharani, Nayanamani Manjari. And he, she's asked me to do this service for, for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so my request is you give me the power to do that. Radharani will be pleased with you. Hmm? This is where all the power came from. Hmm? That purity, he's not writing that for publishing or anything. This is the inner prayer. Hmm? We are fortunate to find it, very fortunate to find it. And with the help of Pujapachitamarsh to plumb the depths of its implications and so forth as well. But the whole of Bhagavad Vaishnavism is found right there. Jai Radhe. Hmm? And, and from there, Hare Krishna explosion is coming from that kind of purity of heart. 
and from the inner life of Prabhupada. In that poem, you'll find it's in two halves, really. One half is Saranagati. The other half is, or, or is the, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, first deserve, then desire. I give an example. If you come to me and say you want to go to India, I might say, that's great, that's great. Um, do you have a passport? No. Do you have a job? No. Well, you know, maybe you should get a job. No, I want to go to India. Well, maybe you should get a job so you can get some money, so you can get a passport, so you can get a visa and a ticket, and you got all those things come and talk to me about going to India. Meanwhile, I'm talking to you about going to India, or it sounds like I'm telling you to go somewhere else. Hmm? So, you know, if you want to eat mangoes, you do have to plant the seed. You have to dig down. <laughs> no, I want, the, <laughs> I want them to come from here. You get first to go down. Oh, who wants to listen to you? Hmm? No. You want to build a house, and I say, I'm going to build you a house, and you just come after a little while and say, how's it going? It's going to be five stories. And you look, and there's only a hole in the ground going the opposite direction. <laughs> you think, well, what kind of, you know, I paid you to build a house up, and you're going down. And, no, no, you need a foundation. Hmm? There's some hard work to be done. Hmm? Some heavy lifting to be done. That is Sharanagati. Hmm? The heavy lifting. And you'll find the first half of the prayer is full of the spirit of Sharanagati. Just, I will, Guru Nishta, serve my Guru, I'll be instrument in his service, give me the power, Krishna, this is how he prays to Krishna, give me the power to do the bidding of my Guru. Hmm? What? It's genius type of spiritual thinking. How pleasing is that kind of thinking hmm? to Krishna? Hmm? And, um, and so, in this, and obviously, in the second part, Prabhupada starts, that's the deserving. So, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati said, first deserve, then desire. In other words, get your ticket, get your passport, and we'll talk about in the details of India, hmm? um, of going there or wherever. So, sadhana bhakti is characterized by, by surrender, sharanagati, and shraddha, and bhava bhakti is characterized by lolium, by longing. There's some slight overlapping, obviously, especially in the higher um, stages of sadhana bhakti. But the two are distinguished in this way. And so first deserve, first be a sharanagata. And then when we talk about longing to enter the lila and so forth, it will be meaningful. So if you're not ready to do that heavy lifting, if you're not ready to be trinata pisunichan and bend this much, then don't expect these other transformations of the body, hair standing on end, and, and to happen. Hmm. <laughs> you have to be a little flexible in another way at first, right? Hmm. And bow and be humble in, in a dynamic way, before the guru and the order of the guru, to do his work. Hmm. And stand up and say, that is not glorification of Prabhupada, and I don't care if everybody's cheering, you have misunderstood, the spirit of it is this, and not like that, and... Oh, he's glorifying problem. I wrote a letter once to that group, the GBC, when I said, the problem here is over-glorification of Prabhupada. Whoa, that did not go over so well. Hmm? But I went on and explained it perfectly, as I am to some extent tonight as well. The, the glorification has to be within the confines of the parameters. If the name of glorification, the name of the glorification of Prabhupada, we are offending other Vaishnavas, which has happened. This is Prabhupada's worst, 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 worst nightmare. Hmm. So, um, anyway, so, um, so the first part of the poem is, is if, you, if you read it, he's really praying for Sharanagati, 
and deserving, very deserving. And in the second part, he's longing. Tomara milane bai abar she shukapai gocharane gurudin bor. Kottavani chutti chutti vanekai lutaputi se din kavehavemor. This is a long. When will, when will that day be mine when I can enter the, go through the pastures herding cows with you throughout the day, through all the different forests of Vrindavan, somersaulting on the ground and, and rolling and different playful, sportful. Kotavani chutta chutti vanikai luttaputi. The Bengali says it all. Sehdin kabehavamor. This is a longing. This is the inner life of Prabhupada. I said earlier, you know, we talk about his disappearance and people want to talk about how he's present. If days like this we should question, have I seen him at all? Hmm? I want to say what he is, who he is, and beat others over the head about what it means to follow him and so forth. <laughs> and he's multifaceted. There are many ways to see him many within the, within the, within the parameters of the Siddhanta also. Hmm? And have you seen him? Have you seen him? I don't know the story in Gita Nagari when I was there with Prabhupada and, and we were in the barn and we were showing Prabhupada the barn and then a, suddenly a mouse ran, you know, and everybody stepped back and looked and and it was still for a moment. There was a cat there and there was a dog there and there was kids and adults and and then and Prabhupada said, just see, there was the mouse and the cat because the cat didn't run after the mouse. And the dog didn't run after the cat. The children didn't run after the dog to stop the cat. And the parents didn't run after the kids to... He said, so there's the mouse, the cat, the dog, the children, the adults, all living happily together, and the cows and the calves. He said, this is Vrindavan. The next morning when we were getting on the bus, one of the bus temples to go back to New York, Prabhupada was right in front of me, and he turned around and he said, did you see it? And I said, did I? I said, did you see what, Prabhupada? He said, there was the mouse and the cat and the dog and the children and the adults, all living in harmony with the cows. This is Vrindavan. And then we went two steps up, and then he got on the, the turn down the aisle of the bus. He turned to me again. He said, did you see it? And he said it there again. He said, there was the mouse, the cat, the dog. And I said, Prabhupada, you are Vrindavan. Hmm? Seeing you, being with you, that is Vrindavan. You're living in Vrindavan. So he said to find him there. Hmm? This is where he is. Hmm? He has the inner life, and his outer life, his outer campaign, hmm, is driven by that. Hmm? And we must become acquainted with that, especially on days like this. This is what it's to remember. He's disappeared. We want to force and say, he's here, he's here. He hasn't disappeared. He's present now in some artificial way that makes a poor tries to turn a poor vacharya into a present acharya, which does away with the whole preaching altogether because the Purvacharya cannot edit hmm, in the present the details in such a way as to emphasize the principle that the whole thing may go forward. Hmm? In some artificial way, you want to keep him, keep him present. Somebody wrote, uh, wrote, a, wrote a glorification of Prabhupada was sent to me today. Hmm? And it was one of my godbrothers speaking, and it said, another godbrother... Hmm, was saying that he had, after Prabhupada's disappearance, that he had met another sadhu in Jagannath Puri, and the other sadhu was was very um, spiritual and powerful, but 
he was feeling this this God brother was feeling a little uncomfortable, something like that, because it wasn't inside of the confines of Prabhupada's whatever corporate you know s- structure, hmm? and and then he started to think that that you know if I go to the to the gates of Goloka, and the gatekeeper says you know who who are you, hmm? and, and and I say I'm I'm so and so, then. Prabhupada would say, oh, oh, let him in. But if I was said I was with somebody else, hmm, I don't know if he would let me in. And so, uh, so this is, we should, his idea was we should be chased to, to Prabhupada, not to anybody else. Uh, if we find affection for another sadhu who's Krishna conscious, another mission, he's basically saying it's a problem. Hmm? It's like, there's a story, you know, Peter and Paul, I mean, this is really Christian-like, right? At the pearly gates of heaven, (laughs) one Catholic went there, and this was was old school, of course, I was a Catholic when I was a kid, and before the Vatican too. And so we were the only group that was going to heaven, which has always struck me as kind of odd, because the kid next door was a Protestant. I thought, he's not going to heaven, he's just like me. In some ways, he's better than me. That's, that doesn't register very well. But anyway, it was a teaching. So there's a joke from those days. And, and God takes the Catholic. He's showing him around heaven. It's a pretty cool place. And there's this big wall there. He says, what's that? He says, oh, that's the Catholics. They, they want to think they're the only people here, so we built a wall for them. <laughs> Something like that. Hmm. I was in Mayapur many years ago. For the first time, I, you know, I left this gone about... I don't know when it was, 35 years ago or something like that. After 10 years, I was invited there on one occasion. So a fellow approached me and said, and said, you know, I heard that you think that people didn't fall from Goloka, you know, from, from Vaikuntha. And I said, no, no, I don't think like that. He said, oh, good. He said, good. Uh, I said, I think that there, but I think that there is, I, I'll qualify that. I said, there's, only, there's one planet, one Vaikuntha planet where people fall from. You can't fall from just any planet, but one. He said, really, which one is that? <laughs> I said, that's Iskon. <laughs> that's the one where you can fall from. Because <laughs> they used to say, Iskon has got his own Vaikuntha planet. But yeah, that's the one you can fall from. Otherwise, it's not possible. So, you know, this is just another side, you know, of you got to get the teaching right. It's important. And someone... It's possible that someone could help you with that in the absence of your guru. Indeed, what at what time would, it, would there maybe a greater need in Prabhupada's disappear at the time of his disappearance? You would think your need would be very great, and so great for to have his union, his company, in a dynamic way, because obviously he's not there in the same way. That that need, that necessity would, would, would bring you in touch with him in a dynamic way that you could understand, wow, he's present in this way here. When I first heard Pujapachita Marsh talk, I thought, no one can affect me like this. I mean, I, but I'm used to affecting other people based on how Prabhupada has affected me, and he's speaking, and it's affecting me like Prabhupada would make me just shift gears and, uh, you know, what's the term, just a categorical shift in thinking. So I experienced that. I couldn't stand to say, this is, the Prabhupada is present in person. The Guru Parampara is present in this this person. 
And again, here is, you know, it's in a dynamic way. So how the Purvachari is present, he is present. There's a dynamic ways in which he can be present. That's one example. There are other examples. But to artificially try to make him present, like this fellow was saying, and therefore, you know, we should just stay, you know, just follow Prabhupada, not have, be careful not to get affectionate towards any other Vaishnav sadhus, because that could be a problem. Your affinity might be questioned when you get to the pearly gates of Goloka. They might say, no, 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 you know, you weren't exactly following, you were listening to this other sadhu. I mean, what kind of understanding is this? Hmm? This is a very sorry state of affairs, unfortunately. Very st- and some will say, Jai, such a great story, such a good point. It's, it's, uh, it's a cartoon idea of spiritual life, you know pearly gates of Goloka, it's Adam and Eve, you know, kind of story. It, 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 it's it's, it's uh, very, very, very sad. And it's, it's unfortunately it gets worse than sad because it, be, it, it then becomes a, a fanatical, you know, fanaticism. Prabhupada said, and this is what I'm saying more or less all along, philosophy, religion without sentiment, without philosophy is just, it's just fanaticism. And that's a problem. Although the, the words may sound you know, Jai, Prabhupada, chastity to Prabhupada. You know, it's, it's, what what is it? Prabhupada has become such a small thing now, all of a sudden, hmm? right? He's frozen over in nineteen, you know, whatever seventy, you know, something sixty, seventy, something like that. That's all it is. It's it's that, and then we sit and have memories about that, the good old times. It's like, no, there's a place for that too, but that's not all there is to it. Hmm? And then the question should come. I said, Have you seen him at all? What about that? What is his inner life? Where did his whole external campaign come from? And where is it going? And where can you find him? And is he alone there? Is there a wall there and there's nobody else? I mean, yeah, it's true. In 1960s, 1970s, there was only Prabhupada and we were all with him and that's all there was. But it's, but, but we, are we supposed to learn it's supposed to stay that way or are we supposed to learn oh there's actually Gaudiya Vaishnavas is, 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 there's more to it there's other, there's other Gaudiya Vaishnavas too they do it a little different they don't do the Guru Puja song like this one at the 709 every morning hmm? but they're there in Golok too there is a variety <laughs> but they, they follow the Siddhanta hmm? and so to find out about that and then to, and to integrate properly and so forth is what is involved in entering into the, the land of gurus. Hmm? Not to militate against it and try to keep it in an isolated experience of your early days before Gaudiya Vaishnavism grew to the extent that there were other missionaries. Prabhupada paved the road. For what? For nobody to walk on? When you criticize someone because they walked on the road that Prabhupada paved to come and, and 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 continue to do what he wanted them to do, his own family, his own brothers, his own uh, nephews and nieces to come and speak the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm? and speak about it in a deeper way than Prabhupada was able to, not because he wasn't qualified, but because we weren't able to hear anymore. And stories like this, you know, that I don't know if I'll be able to get into Goloka if I, you know, I'm caught 
listening to another sadhu or reading another book or something. I mean, this is this is evidence that after forty years, still can't hear it on a, on a deeper level. And you say deeper level, ah, see, I think Prabhupada wasn't complete, wasn't perfect. No, he was perfect in, in his time, in his place, in terms of what he installment he gave. Hmm? And that you think that that's the whole thing. The seeds of everything are there. That's a fact. But the whole thing is not limited at all. You want to say the glorification of Prabhupada can be unlimited? Fine. The whole teaching is unlimited. What, what deep? What? If you make progress in Krishna consciousness, you should, you, you should continually go on thinking, I don't understand this. Hmm? I'm not acquainted with this. Hmm? I mean, we gave a Bhagavad Gita discussion the other day, and I asked, you know, to what extent people were acquainted, and I said, uh, yeah, I'm trying, still trying to, you know, get a handle on it too, and it's true. That's a beginning book of 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 of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. So. To freeze this whole thing over and artificially try to keep. Prabhupada, in this sense, the Purvacharya in the present, is very unbecoming. It's very unbecoming, and it's very it's very problematic, hmm? and it's indicative of a, of a very shallow understanding of all that he is, the whole, the Guru Parampara present there, and, and, and of the previous acharyas and and contemporary and and successor acharyas. And so it's Puja Pachitamarsh described as a land of of gurus, hmm? land of gurus to go. With. So we have to move from a Kanishta orientation to a Madhyam orientation. At least you may be a Kanishta Adhikari, but at least have a Madhyam idea about it. Hmm? An Uttam idea that what is the goal? Not that the, I'm a Kanishta and I make a Kanishta conception and that's the whole you know, thing. And then I, and I may be a Kanishta, that's unavoidable, but then to, and to militate against a Madhyam perspective or an Uttam perspective... From, from a Kanishta position, this is very problematic then. Hmm? And you, you, you wonder, you know, you don't, have chan- you, don't have a, you don't have a taste for chanting in the teaching as well because you committed offenses. And it, well, I don't know, did I? You know, I think I did. Well, look around. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be born as Gaudiya Vaishnavas in their next life. They're not going to have a taste for chanting. Hmm? For good reasons. Hmm? And sometimes, in the name of glorifying Prabhupada, well, what does it constitute? You know, he used to say, "I've got you know sixty books." And one thing, when I was first, when Ramasar first wrote to Prabhupada about my service on Tripurari Das, he selling, sold, sold so many books in this three-day period, and Prabhupada wrote back, "It's very nice that Tripurari Das is selling my books." And it's, it's astounding that you know he could sell so many. Then he wrote in his hand, own handwriting, with a little star. Make sure he's always reading them. Hmm? See that? I took that to heart. Hmm? And 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 uh, this was was. I mean, he wasn't writing them just to sell them, right? He was writing them. We would read them, understand them, go deeply within them, and within them there are obvious road signs that say, "Go here." And for more information about this, go there hmm? and meet the author of that book. And and, and, and and connect us with the whole past and give us a future, a parampara, in which he could be a purvacharya and a previous acharya and present in the way a previous acharya could be there 
The previous acharya can only be there in the present in the way that they can if there is a present acharya. Otherwise, you block the purvacharya from being present by doing away with the present acharya. So you see, these are artificial attempts. Do you know how many times I've heard it? Keep Prabhupada in the center. Get centered on what Krishna consciousness is. You'll find Prabhupada there. Hmm? What does it mean? You have to be. This, you, you have to. The only way for unity is to become more Krishna conscious. That's all. And it's sectarianism and and, and uh, fanaticism and so forth, this is, is not going to be helpful in this regard, so. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, it's, it's important. We have a small group, and small is, is, is okay. It's beautiful. Prabhupada said, we have enough in 1975. We should boil the milk. So that side of him is there as well. So we try to do that here. We encourage new people to come. That's fine. And so forth, but Sridhar Maharaj also asked me to, to do wealth, to do what did he say, to do relief work for those who have been damaged by um, other types of association. That, uh, so we made some effort to please him in that way and do that. What he said, what is the meaning of coming in the front door and the senior ones are going out the back door? What is the meaning then? Revolving door type strategy. So, we should, and it's expected, especially, I mean, the disappearance of the guru is meant to, um, as it is meant, it is arranged by Krishna, I should say, for the disciples of that guru to now go inward. Hmm? That's where he'd be found, inward, inward. Hmm? And from that, of course, you're going to get more ability to go outward as well in a meaningful way and carry on the succession as it will need to be carried on in a dynamic way in those time and circumstances. The inward is a challenge, is a challenge. I mean, I can go around and preach, you know, that you're not the body very easy and you know, turn some heads, but if I've got to talk to Karnamrita and Arjun City and Sumati, senior to me, joined before me. How am I going to keep her attention? I have to know a little bit more about what the teaching is than what I might teach, you know, somebody from from uh, Boone who's come, you know, from the college. It's, it's nice that they come. That's important service. But I mean, this is important work. This this is work of sannyasis, senior persons. They should go inside and then be able to to help. Uh, other senior devotees as well, hmm. and the, the disappearance of the guru is is is, is really orchestrated, for, you know, arranged. I should say for this purpose. That's the that's the the, the emphasis we we got beautifully from Bhujapatchidamar. She was the person that probably opened the door to to hear from in his absence about his absence. What to think about that would be, um, and uh, and and then you know, I mean. And, and there you're going to find if you want a mission to be less insular also the way is to go internally it will definitely become less insular because the insular 
nature of a group is 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 a result in many respects of thinking you understood it perfectly. Hmm? The more you realize, there's more to learn. There's more to learn. The more open you you are hmm? naturally, hmm? and that becomes very inviting rather than just a dogmatic atmosphere of repeating robotically things like mantras, like shooting blanks, and there's no bullets saying it, and it's just not having an effect uh, that it should. And then you blame the people. Well, America's Maya, what do you expect? Go to Europe, Eastern Europe. Kali Yuga hasn't gotten there yet. (laughs) No, people are more educated. (laughs) You may have to become a little educated about how to talk to them and and educated about your own tradition, what, it, what the implications of it are, and so on and so forth. Prabhupada wanted these things. This is what he wanted of us. This is this is this is how he's present. The Purvacharya is present in the present Acharya. Hmm? You, know, you say, well, what would Prabhupada have done? You know, what would Prabhupada do now when this comes up? We don't have that question. If we have a Guru Parampara, that question doesn't arise. Hmm? I don't know what, what Prabhupada would say. He's not here now. Guru Parampara is the way that that's answered. He would say it like this, because he's present in a dynamic way in the successors who are able to make time and circumstance calls and judgments, how to apply herself or respond to a certain whatever f- current of thought or uh, phenomenon, in the, in cultural phenomenon uh, in the society, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So in this way, we we, uh, we try to humbly to remember Prabhupada for his uh, contribution and, and um, keep alive in the world the current of Bhakti Thakur, which was what Bhakti Thakur asked his disciples and Prabhupada. Well, keep the current of Bhakti Thakur alive and well in the world. That would be that requires some dynamic. Um, approach and serious approach to making uh, progress. So, Srila Prabhupada, KJ. Any question? What's the time? 20 after 7. Yes. It's 20 after 7 only? Oh, because we started. Sorry, bro. didn't get exactly a direct instruction from Muktisvanta Saraswati Thakur to go to the West and preach. He, he took it seriously. He took it as his direct instruction and owned it. So many of us didn't get a direct instruction from Prabhupada. But some of us have an idea of how we would like to serve Srila Prabhupada. So is, is it okay for us to take it like we're taking it as a direct instruction and be asking for the mercy from Srila Prabhupada and Parampara and from Vaishnavas that we're associating with. Yeah, sure. I I want to make this offering and whether I can or not, it's not up to me, but I want to make this offering to Prabhupada. Um, What would be your words? Yeah, we should do that. We should have some idea in the first place. That's that's good. That's good, and then you know we uh, we want to see that 
we should we should work under the serve under the guidance of a Vaishnava. Pujapatrita Maharaj told me in the absence of your Guru Maharaj you have three options. One is you can become a guru yourself. That's not so easy. You have to find your guru in your heart and then follow accordingly to be a guru. So that's one option. Second option is you find somebody that's done that, follow them, help assist them. Third option is get out of the way so that that can go on. Don't get in the way of that. Either become the guru, help someone who is, or get out of the way. Some people can't even get out of the way, unfortunately. So, most of us then, the appropriate position would probably be to follow someone who's doing that. And then so we can say, this is my idea, Prabhupada said different things at different times, and it hit me like this, and I thought I could contribute in this way, and so forth. And then we, you know, in the conjunction with a senior Vaishnava or other senior Vaishnavas, you get some confirmation. That's how Krishna's wrote the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Mm-hmm. Hmm? He wasn't told by uh, his guru to write the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, but he, I guess he was eventually, but he wasn't told by Nityananda, but he went to Vrindavan and Mother Mohan gave the Garland and so example is an act, but he was told, I guess. But, but at any rate, yeah, that's how. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes? So, like, um, you know, many Prabhupada disciples have, you're talking about a need for a living spiritual master or a present acharya. Many Prabhupada disciples have different um, visions on what it means to follow Srila Prabhupada and will instruct you in different ways, some may be good, some may be bad. Mm-hmm. So, as someone not very advanced, it's rather difficult to discriminate who you should take guidance from and who is following Srila Prabhupada, so um, maybe you can... Right. Yeah, it can be difficult. But I think that um, the answer to that is that um, is that that it's very practical that you should find someone whose example and whose precept inspires you and answers your questions definitively and almost articulates. In such a speaks in such a way that it, that it resonates with you, and you're encouraged to do the thing, all the practices of Krishna consciousness. Um, so it's not a law. I mean, it, it's it said one must have a guru. I say you must. I must have a guru. I must have her as my guru. I must because I'm inspired. Hmm? So, and the inspiration, practically speaking, should be such that it's not, I'm inspired by him or by her to be a follower of Prabhupada. Hmm? That's kind of like, shouldn't be the first thought. Hmm? That should be the second thought. That, oh, I'm inspired by him or by her to follow him or her. Because hmm? I feel that Krishna consciousness is coming to me. I'm getting answers. Hmm? And... And and making me think differently about it in a deeper way, and and inspiring me, and so forth. That should be the, and so it's a natural kind of a thing that, it, and, it's, and and then, 
in, in, in other words, the real connection for Prabhupada would be to really connect it with somebody who's connected. And, and, and you know, we didn't... Uh, it's kind of, sometimes it's framed a little differently, like follow someone because you know he's really following Prabhupada. And so you, Prabhupada's like this, and he's doing like this. They're the same. Okay, everything's good. That's not the way to, to go about it. Hmm? Approved by this, you know... Yeah, group or that vote or whatever. It's you know it's like okay, like you know who's who's bona fide. I mean, you decide who's bona fide. Who makes a guru a guru? Is the disciples make the guru a guru in one sense? Hmm? If he doesn't have many students, how can he be a guru? So it's not a, it's up to you to decide. Now you may decide you are my guru, and he may say no, I'm not, <laughs> and then he may give you some advice, or she may give you some advice, or. Or he or she who gives the siksha, you know, may have to give the diksha, also, because by that he or she creates faith and the bond is there. And so, it's it's not only like law or whatever. It's it's you know you 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 sincerely have some understanding of Gaudiya Vaishnavism and 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 you want to be a member of that, and you realize to be a member of that. Well, you want a good guidance, you need a good guidance, it's essential. So then you associate with devotees, and someone's going to stand out amongst those devotees, and um, by example and precept, and it's going to just work for you, inspire you, and so there you go. You know, you, it's very, how's that sound? Uh, now, if you're worried, well, what if I'm inspired, but he's wrong? Well, you know, you can make mistakes, but mistakes aren't bad. Necessarily, you have to learn from your mistakes. It's possible you could make a mistake, and then you learn afterwards. It's rather than just dwell on it, I made a mistake. Yeah, mistakes can be made. There are misrepresentations. That's part of the field, unfortunately. Um, that's a fact. But um, yeah, yeah, I understand your dilemma. It is uh, there's a lot of misrepresentation. Uh, out there, hmm. but again, it's it's it's. Um, I mean, I didn't join Krishna consciousness really in one sense. I, I just was inspired by Prabhupada, and he happened to be teaching Krishna consciousness, so I went with that. <laughs> Something like that. So I would think that that's kind of the way you should look at it. Hmm. What else? You know, I've heard, I've given talks myself and, and, and found persons in the audience very inspired who were from another sect that just happened to be there. And they said, you know, they said to me, it's happened to me more than once, I'm really inspired, the talk was really inspiring. I mean, all my talks aren't inspiring, but this was happened to be one. And the person said, um, I'm really inspired, but <laughs> I just laugh because I know I'm, they're not supposed to be. <laughs> You're not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like that. I'm really inspired, but I, but, and then you know, and I basically reply like that. It's it's okay. It's okay. It, it's possible. <laughs> uh, laws are you know meant to be broken. It's just a, so you know, probably wanted his mission to be run by love and trust. And, uh, you know, the bond between the guru and the disciple is faith. So if faith is there, then men who can go, faith is not there, 
And faith means doubt is removed, so you feel free to go forward. So, um, yeah, got the faith, free free flow of faith. Pujapadri Dharmarsh described it. Let the free flow of faith prevail. Honor the faith of others. Would you say when someone's in in process of trying, you know, having that faith? disrupted or damaged that um, sometimes it just takes time and hearing from a number of people until something clicks and it may not happen right away. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, look at Prabhupada heard many people and he thought they were all bogus. His <laughs> father was inviting them, you know, to his house. He didn't even want to see Bhaktisiddhanta. He says, I've seen plenty of gurus. I'm going to get involved in Gandhi's movement. Yeah, more or less so. Well, you know, this one you got to hear it from. Right? And it changed. Right? So, he had the same problem. <laughs> I had the same problem, too. I'm not with Prabhupada, but I mean, there's a lot of misrepresentations of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. and I had to sort through. I, I can tell you that. Whether I landed on my feet or not, well, that's, you know, I'm, that's where I'm standing. If people agree with me, we go together. You know, <laughs> That's all. But I think you know, we can represent pretty well the teaching with the logic and scriptural support and so forth. So that's important. Um, to invoke the scripture, someone should be able to differentiate between details and principles. And, and that's, just, that's a hallmark of really, that's the, really the, what preaching is all about that. The ability to discriminate between principles and details and in new circumstances. It's an important thing to look for and to bring out the, what the teaching's about. They should speak about it in such a way that we become comforted and discomforted also. Like, huh, what? I've never heard it like that before. And then you have to think about it and then you go, hmm, wow, that's interesting. Okay. And it keeps you a little off balance, so to speak. That's good. Then you feel like open. Hmm? If it just, yeah, I heard that, I heard that, I heard that again. Okay, let's, uh, let's get out there and sell the books or something, you know, <laughs> whatever. So, all right, we'll stop there. Srila Prabhupada, Tirubhava Mamotsa, Bhatiti Ki Jai. Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Gaur Aramadava Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi.